You are listening to the Josh Trains Me podcast. Kick us off. What do you want to start with? So I do, I was, I really was interested in, because the other day you were talking, you mentioned in, you were talking about, um, something in relation to like, you know, endurance, right? I think you were talking about box jumps or something like that. Um, and I was like, Josh, let's talk about discomfort. Yeah. Um, and uh, I think, yeah, I was just interested in it because there's been a couple of times that I've seen you like talk about things where I'm like, are you like, what is your relationship to discomfort and training and coaching given that you're pushing people and also, yeah, I don't know. Also, you've got some, some wild stuff. You've got a tattoo that says suffer. And I've been curious about that. Um, And also like totally, like totally okay with the, like, you know, like F off, like lady in the grocery store, like looking at my (laughs) tattoo stuff where they're like, what's the meaning behind that one? It's a ship, you know, like, like, it's like, it's fine. But like, I don't know. I just, just curious. So I wanted to, I wanted to, but I knew we were never going to get around to that in a half hour training check-in. So I figured that I would see if I could uh, chat with you about about that and about, cause I was curious, like a cat, you know, hundred percent. Yeah. So uh, just for context, that uh, initial comment you made about the box jump, that was something that for, for people that are listening to this, there are some people that follow this guy, his name's Dr. Andy Galpin. He put a, like a fucking Twitter post out. That's basically like <clears throat> essentially what it meant is box jumps. There's a certain way to train them for power and you can't just do a box jump and expect, you know, a bunch of things to happen. There needs to be some specifics around velocity training and power training and rest intervals and blah, blah. blah. And I, I sort of took that and um, <clears throat> extrapolated it a little bit. Mm-hmm. And uh, talked about there being specifics, whatever your goal is, it's, it's not like the exercise selection. That is the, the only factor. That's of course, an important thing. Like you would know Cormac and what we're doing, like, you know, there's lots of different exercises you're doing, but it's, it's also like, what is the goal? Okay. Well then there's specific rep ranges that are going to help that more. And there's specific, um, you know, rate of perceived exertion would be a part of that as well. You have to train a certain intensity as well can't Mm -hmm. only train crazy hard or only train where you don't feel things and then there needs to be appropriate rest intervals so um i think just with that specific thing people do get hung up i think on like what's the best exercise for this and it's like great good question how does everything else look in your life and that's sometimes the shitty thing about giving advice when you're a coach and you look at you know a larger picture um, mm-hmm. you've always been good at asking questions because you assume that there's going to be a bigger answer than just like, yep, here it is. <laughs> so, <laughs> we fixed it. Yeah. yeah. So that's awesome. In terms of, uh, in terms of the tattoo. Yeah. I remember you asked me about this before and I don't think I, I wanted to share, but at the time, um, I think anytime you have something, <laughs> on your fucking chest and writing it's going to get a lot it's pretty bold right it's it's, it a is, and, it's and it's a big font on yours i have a big chest piece myself right like yeah so like i i understand but uh but you know that's that's a that's quite a piece you know yeah 
Yeah, it's pretty bold, right? And it's it's a little bit like a singular face tattoo. People are going to notice that and people want to talk about it too. It's it's bold enough where it draws attention and that's not I don't know that that's what I got it for, but the the meaning behind it is quite simple. We all have a different or we all have our own association with what what the word suffer means. Yeah. <clears throat> for me, it is certainly a reminder of a time in my life where I chose to really get personally gritty. I wanted to discover some of the corners of myself and that meant pushing some limits and trying to push limits and discovering how sort of mentally tough I could get without complaining about things. Mm. And um, the word suffer was like a, a, it was a good inspiration. It was, it was like a self I've talked about this recently, you know, be, be your best, be the best version of a personal trainer that you can be to yourself. Mm. And for that, like the word suffer was that for me, there was no self hate with that. There was no, like you piece of shit, do more. It was like, Holy fuck. Yeah. You can do this. Like that kind of mentality of like, see, like we're in this together. It's like you create another, almost like you create another version of yourself that you can access and have yeah. an internal dialogue with. Yeah, I think that's incredible. Like, um, you know, there. When I think one of the things that I think is cool about the word um, suffer is that, um, you know, th- this idea of like, there's there's this other sense to it, which you can see in like um, in like biblical passages. Like, there's one where it's like, you know, like suffer. Like when when Jesus is like, just don't don't work, don't don't, don't make people go away. It's like, well, suffer them to stay with me or like suffer. Like, it means that like, it means to like, um, to be with and to endure and to, uh, like, so there's this kind of thing of like, of like enduring, uh, and like bearing, uh, more so than like, we often think about like suffering as being like specifically related to pain or, um, or like things like that. Whereas like, there's like in an older sense of the word, it has to do with, uh, endurance and bearing with, uh, which is interesting. That's really interesting because I'm not I'm not very familiar or uh, affiliated with Christianity, and that that definition sounds a lot more like how I had it in my mind than what's you know maybe a little bit more of a a modern approach to exactly what you said. Yeah, and I only bring Big up boss, that example sadness. because like because like there's like that it's one of the few few examples that I can think of of like where that word is used in that kind of older sense. But yeah. yeah um cool. but yeah it's neat that it's truer to that older sense for you that's cool yeah 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 that that yeah so that's that's why I got that and you know I do get a lot of people that ask me um the people that ask me about it uh, aside from you because you're you know you're you're humble and you're just curious the mo- most of the time the people that ask me automatically have some judgment around it and the more I've realized that, you know, I feel the judgment, the more I'm like, that's work that I need to do on myself. Right. So that's been interesting as well. That's a hardworking tattoo in a lot of ways, right. To like, to also then have um, it, you know, it's a tattoo that's in, that's also in dialogue with the world around it such that you're also continuing to reflect and have it teach you things. Right. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. And there's not a lot of other examples of that, that I have like, you know, uh, people don't, people don't comment on my body or people don't comment on anything else about me or how I look. It's just that. Right. Um, 
So it is interesting that uh, in a lot of ways, I mean, it, it's not surprising, but it is interesting that people also feel that they can, you know, be judgmental towards me in that way. Mm, mm. Like I, I, I've never, I don't believe that I've ever done that and, and, and approach someone about it. Right. Like it's one thing to be, have your judgments about someone and to try to work on that in yourself, but mm-hmm. to have a judgment and then to ask someone like, you know, why did you get that? Right. What does that mean? Like that kind of stuff where, right? where it's like, you know what, it's not even about what, what you want to hear. It's at that point, it's how I'm interpreting my own uh, security with how I felt, how I feel about it. I guess. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It becomes about, you know, the choices that another person wouldn't make, which is great because they yeah. do. Yeah. You know? <laughs> it's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You nailed it. Yeah. Yeah. You totally nailed it. There is a funny story about this too, that um, there's like, there seem to be a couple communities that really just sort of got it. And, uh, because for the first like few months, I didn't even feel comfortable taking my shirt off in places where you generally would be more inclined to take your shirt off, like hot yoga, for instance, you go into yeah, a hot yoga like class, that. at least most men are not wearing shirts. Yeah. It's and, hot and it's yoga. Exactly. So I, for a while, like for a couple months, I wore a shirt where I wouldn't normally. So I was actually pretty self-conscious about it, even though I was like you know, on my own doing this type of training and um, doing, yeah, a lot of intense stuff, but, uh, it's interesting because the people that are in like the yoga community seem to understand when they read it, like, Oh, I got like, I get it. Like without asking. Yeah. And I I think the reason behind that is like in life is suffering. And that's a, that's a, a common like Buddha principle or something like that. And I know yoga is I think that that, yeah, that tie in, because um, when I sent you the question, you know, it's like, okay, so what, like, what is this, what is your relationship to discomfort or to pain um, or even to endurance, right? Like, I think people who, who are coming from a more, especially in yoga, right? Like, I, like, I don't, I don't practice yoga, but the, the people who I know who practice yoga in a serious way, um, you know, there's this kind of like deep spiritual component that has this, and like has this very physical practice, which is not comfortable, right? Like, it necess- right. like, like there's a lot of pushing, there's a lot of being with this kind of um, physical discomfort, uh, and like accepting it and being with it and things like that. It doesn't surprise me that, uh, you know, a pack of hot yogis uh, got what you were getting after, you know? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's true. And then the other, the other community that got it was the endurance community. As, as you're stating, you're, you're tying these things in together perfectly. Um, but I remember doing, you know, really long runs, races, and not, you know, not wearing a shirt, hot day, you're running for six hours. It's not strange. And uh, there was a brand, I even had a friend that had a shirt, it was, it said suffer on the chest of the shirt. And there was a picture of me standing beside them. And people are just laughing because they're like, I have the shirt essentially printed on me and they're wearing yeah. a shirt version of it. It's pretty funny. Yeah. But that's another obviously community where people get it. Like people are used to, you know, enduring or suffering or whatever the word is. There's it's synonymous. Yeah, it is. It is. No, like and certainly at least in one sense of the word, it is. I think that the interesting thing about suffering and the way that people uh, take it is that um, I think that 
especially because we use the word suffering in such a heavy way. We're like, Oh, to suffer, you know, like um, it's like, it's like pain plus duration. Right. Which to be fair, I think is reasonable to talk about in the context of training or coaching or like pushing through. Um, but it is, it's pain plus duration. And like, um, it's weird because like, of course, that's a, that's a major factor of life, both physically, emotionally, spiritually, like everybody has, uh, has episodes or periods or even seasons uh, where they're experiencing um, pain plus duration. Right. So it's, it's interesting to me, like, um, like it doesn't surprise me that people are like sort of bounce against uh, that, you know, the tattoo, because um, I think that, you know, then at that point, they're also bouncing against their own response to um, their own experiences of suffering, their own experiences of fleeing it rather than running towards it uh, or even being with it in a way that feels neutral, like not running towards or away from, you know what I mean? Like mm. people have a lot of feelings about suffering because it's pain plus duration. Right? Yeah. I love how you're saying this. Yeah. That's yeah, great. Yeah. That's interesting. <clears throat> Yeah. So tie so tie it in for me, Josh. Like tie it in for me. Like, like in the context of so for you, like you were you were you were like leaning into this experience of grit um, and being like, okay, like you know, and even I think you know you're talking about this kind of endurance stuff or like inner fortitude or things like that. Like, so how does that tie in with your practice now? Yeah. So truthfully, I got a little bit disconnected with it when I had sorrel when we had sorrel. Right. We had our son, right? Our two, he's over two now. Oh, uh, beautiful little guy. He's great. Yeah, he's very beautiful. So, yeah, truthfully, there was a little bit of a disconnect, and which is part of it. I mean, you know, it's yeah. just, you know, being, if there's, if anything, there's maybe even more suffering being a parent and, you know, ending relationship and all, yeah pregnancy yeah, releases you and sleep, you've, got, you've got a whole new like you're exploding into like this role yeah of like love yeah. and caretaking that's well, permanent and this is the interesting part about it too is like <clears throat> you know you, you and i have been involved in this training aspect for some time i've been involved yes. in it for a long time but you know you've been in it for for a while and it's like we i i feel like I don't want to be too generic, but I, I think we idolize people that can do things like physically bear things. I'd, I, at least I do. And Certainly. yeah, I look at fucking parents and I'm like, well, there's the woman like look around and, and everyone knows 700 women that have given birth. Yeah. Like sometimes. everybody's like moms. It's like, and then we're like mom jeans. Those are cute. Yeah. It's like, what? Yeah. What? Yeah. Well, I, I'm like, I'm like the physical training is not even it's not, it's, it's, it's a vehicle, I guess. I'm, I'm sort of constructing this out loud as you're asking me this, it's a vehicle and there's lots of hard shit about training for sure. And I mean, in no way have I reached an end point because you can always do things longer. You can always, you know, change the variables to make it more challenging and more intense and blah, blah, blah. But I'm like, Parents probably have the hardest jobs out of anyone. Now that I am a parent, I'm starting to, you know, with only two years of experience, I'm starting to feel a lot of the difficulty and the, and the suffering. Cause it's not just physical. There's a lot of emotional stuff, obviously. Yeah. And I'm like, 
people are so much tougher than they think they are in, in a good, resilient kind of way. Like we, and I know you have a lot of experience. If, if, if I turned the tables and was asking you these questions, I bet I would be shocked to hear some of the stuff that you have been through and like the shit that makes you fucking be able to stand up tall. Like mm. that's the shit that training, training and, and exercise is like a vehicle to be able to reinforce, I think what we're truly capable of. And for me, like, I want to be a very capable person mm. and I want to be resilient. And I don't necessarily think I'm, you know, was born this fucking warrior person. Mm. So, no, you were born a baby. I was born a baby. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you were born an incredibly, incredible. You were born into this world in desperate need of the care of others. That that's is right. that's how we come in, right? Couldn't be more vulnerable. Yeah. Totally. So I'm like, I know there's something, there's a draw to me to being, you know, having more capacity and mm -hmm. to not being not to being brave and to being courageous you know, especially in a world that where that doesn't mean war for me, like that's not the option I'm going to pursue bravery. Yeah. Um, but you know, it's like, well, what, what are the, what are the examples then? It's like, well, we can parent, we can train, we can get into fucking cold water. We can do shit in snow. Mm -hmm. Like we can do normal everyday stuff. That's uncomfortable to me and to anyone else. We can just do it without complaining about it. Mm. And there's a great, I don't know if it's a proverb, but there's a great line. I, 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 it may be a proverb. I read this in a book. I can't recall the book. It was this, um, this mountaineer, which again, you want to talk about toughness. It's like, all right, let's talk about those friggin' people. Yeah. Right. Let's talk about them. They got, they got friggin', they're like digits, their fingers no climbers yeah. but then like mountaineers are all they're in the sky that's not yeah. where people like very few people get to the top of mountains and are like you know what yeah awesome this is hospitable to human life yeah like, totally right oh it's next level and the the line was um the line was just because my hands are cold doesn't mean i have to say they are like that's heavy yeah so like that's the kind of shit where i'm like you know <clears throat> this is the stuff I think about. And I'm like, as a, you know, we have to blow it up into society, obviously, because I'm not just talking about myself, but it starts with me. It's like, I don't want to be one of those people that feels like I can't do stuff because it's a little uncomfortable, whatever the example is picking shit up or doing some fucking yard work or carrying your kid or doing the workout or going outside because it's cold or going in the water or whatever. Like, I just think these are all pretty normal things like that almost everyone can do and to be able to train to do these things i think it's like number one mm. or maybe next point a lot of the reason i do these things is not for me at all right um i've been toying with this idea and i i believe it now and that's <clears throat> i think and i'm really curious to see hear your opinion on this like your personal opinion and maybe how how uh, religion maybe ties into this because you're well studied with within religion as well um, yeah. and that is like by being more selfish it's it's really a reflection of selflessness or it leads to selflessness because mm. you know the the more capable i am 
the more I show people just through my actions that I'm a more capable person that I'm, you know, resilient or brave or that I can do things that I can take care of myself. I'm really helping other people in a lot of ways. Number one, they're going to see me doing those things. So that may be a bit of a boost for them. Number mm-hmm. two, they may notice like, holy shit, he can do that. Maybe I can too. Like maybe mm. it's, it's, it's like leading by example, essentially. Mm. Right. Yeah. Yeah. No, I see that. And I think that like, especially in the kind of work that you're doing, that makes a lot of sense. I think because, um, and I mean, this is an interesting thing about trainers and coaches and things like that is that to some extent you also, you have to do that because, um, because it becomes part of not just your brand and the kind of like sort of like callous sense of that, but like people are, are assuming that you have some knowledge that they want what you have. They're like, they're like, what, what is, what is this guy doing? Why is he doing it? Can I do it? He's a guy. He was just a guy. He's yeah, just, we're guys. Can we he's, both? He's, like, just, he's just there. He's just, he's walking on the beach, you know, like evidently he breathes air like us mere mortals, but it's <laughs> friggin' ripped. Like what's going on? You know, <laughs> like, so yeah. like people are like, some of that is that it, I think is, is part of your line of work is that people is that your work and to some extent, your livelihood depends on people, um, having a sense not only of inspiration but like also a possibility through your example right like possibility mm-hmm. for their own selves um and like not that the, and like the nice thing is like i know that you're not walking around being like i would like trying to make a legion of of sort of disparate joshes around like it's not like you're trying to make you know a million joshes you're mm-hmm. you're like you know it's kind of like what it, whatever it is that is uh, somebody else's best self which i think you alluded to earlier right yeah uh, you know, and, and like, that makes sense to me what you're talking about. Um, you know, like there's, and I think that there's a lot to be said about, you know, when you're talking about that capacity. Um, like, I think for me, like one of the reasons why it's like, why, why would you want to like push what you think you're capable of, or why would you not want to be limited in those things? And I think there's a couple of reasons, like you're talking about helping people out by, having them, you know, believe more for themselves, uh, through your example. The other thing is like, people also know that you're capable, like, you know, you've got, you know, you've got broad shoulders, you know, like in, in every kind of sense of that. Right. Mm. Um, like for me, I think one of the things that when we first started working together that I, that I talked about with you, is like, I, like, I want to be, I want to be the guy who, you know, people call when, when they need to move something heavy, Yeah, you know, like, and it's funny, like frig, uh, just like clarion call uh, today uh my buddy gave me a call and was like uh can you move our couch up some stairs tomorrow and i was like oh yeah but like that's part like there's like it's a funny thing right it's like because like you know that doesn't happen by that doesn't happen by nothing it's like they you know i lift heavy stuff recreationally and they're mm. like ah you're you're the heavy stuff lifting guy now yeah you know totally so, yeah that's a great example and, and I think like, there's so many points to this, but being capable also, you know, you're, you, it's in some ways and we, do, it's not strictly physical or strictly no, broad shoulders, not. but capacity also equates to more or reliability. And, sure. oh, you know, frig. and I'm working on that. Like that's, I think that's a huge part. It's a huge part of all of it. Right. Yeah. Like, you know, one of the things that I think about, and I, it's one of the reasons why, you know, I wanted to talk to you about this stuff is like, 
this idea of steadfastness. I keep circling around this idea of being steadfast. Mm. Um, another old word. Um, but, uh, you know, like that's, that's like, that's something that, that I want for myself, but it's not something that comes easily, easily to me because it's way easier to be flaky. Totally. Um, so much easier. Like maybe not in the long term. In the long term, actually, like there's a lot of times it just bites me later on, and I'm like, oh, I hate that consequence. Ugh, yeah. Gross. Yeah. But like, but like the daily practice of being steadfast is is really quite uncomfortable a lot of the time. It involves doing things that I don't actually really want to do yeah. uh, in kind of like daily way or a minutia way. What do you, you know? mean? Okay, so I like I'm familiar with steadfast, but in, in the context of you saying that you know operating in a steadfast manner is uncomfortable what does that mean to you i think that to some extent it's what what you mentioned earlier really resonated with me where you're like i want to be the kind of guy who's like you know like you know like pick up pick up the things that are on the ground like carry my kid like you know like do these things that are that are you know it's like it's, it's not it's easier to walk around not carrying heavy stuff actually yeah, yeah. like <laughs> it's, it's, it's it's nicer you know yeah. um but so like when I say steadfastness, I think that um, for me, like what that's about is not only it's like doing things like like being reliable. Um, you know, if I say I'm going to be there, I'm going to be there being like for me, like one thing that's a huge struggle is like timeliness or doing what I say I'm going to do. Um, like because I don't I have like about five bright ideas per second and I'm like, I could do this other thing. You know, like, you know, like, like making a plan and sticking to it is not my forte because I'm like, there's so many plans. Why would I hold myself to what past Cormac thought? Yeah, yeah. Uh, You know, and it's like, well, there's a reason, which is that there's value in being steadfast and being like um, somebody who like people can rely on not only like my presence, but also my character uh, consistency in, um, you know, like, like if I aspire to be a person who's honest, who's helpful, who's generous, uh, who's like, who's kind or gentle, even any of those things, like then to actually like be those things in action and not, and like, it's like kind of what you're saying, you know, or like not talking about it, but just being about it. But the weird thing is, and I think this is the part that like, you know, that is where the rabbit hole gets deeper is that it keeps going backwards and backwards and backwards. Like if I want to be kind, I have to fucking sleep, Josh. Yeah. Like I need, like, you know what I think? Like, it's like, it's funny how like things that feel lofty, like the ability to be kind, um, you know, often do things like relate to things like eating regular meals. Yeah. Um, and so when I say steadfastness, it's funny because often what I'm looking for is these kind of like sort of airy fairy lofty things. Like, you know, I would like to be a person who's worthy of, respect or that somebody who can be relied upon mm-hmm. and so often what it ends up going back to is these like friggin like daily minutia this quotidian shit like of like mm-hmm. well i got up and i brushed my teeth yeah, yeah. I ate a vitamin and a nutrient <laughs> for yeah. breakfast yeah. you know like and like that's and that's the hard part it's like it's that's where it starts is in these places that don't feel like they matter or feel like maybe doing something easier uh, won't make an impact and then it does so 100 yeah. yeah, that's a, that's a great time yeah yeah it's a, and like that's that's the part i think that like i'm you know kind of thinking through and like wrestling with is that i'm like oh 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 all of these are choices um and they are actually all connected to each other in 
this kind of inextricable way that not only affects me, but actually affects other people around me who are in relationship with me. You know? Yeah. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. Yeah. What we do affects other people. I think the, and that's a hard thing and I'm certainly not always aware of it. Like that's a, that's yeah, no. a, probably no one is always aware of it, but I think the more we can be mindful that, you know, we, what we do actually does affect a lot of people and not necessarily even just the people that see us doing that thing, the people that feel us doing that thing or hear about us doing that thing. And it's, yeah, we're talking like Jordan Peterson has, a, I'm not sure if you're a fan of his or not, but this is one sort of principle he talks about. And, and this is, essentially what I'm talking about too, or what you're saying with what, what we do matters and same thing as what we say matters, but it's mm-hmm. like most people have a thousand relationships and is it a thousand? Most people come into contact with a thousand people. No, maybe it's a million. What's the number? A thousand. A lot. I think he says a thousand. So, sure. so essentially he says, he's like, let's do the math here. So you're one step away from a million people then. If a thousand people each see a thousand people, that's a million. Mm. So in, in one, like in one step, we're all of a sudden at a million people. Yeah. That's a fuckload of impact. It is. So yeah. if we can just, you know, do some, do some stuff that challenges us a little bit, like we'll wrap up here, but if we can, if we can find some ways that challenge us, so that we can potentially be humbled or and or potentially increase our you know our kind of like self-esteem and and um our self-confidence we're we're like sort of like bordering on we're starting to sort of hit up against some of the edges of where we're kind of moving whether it's like weight training or fucking Mm -hmm. i don't know cold water seems to be a really good example because it's can you get in there? How do you feel? Can you stay in there? And the next day is a different day altogether. So it's right. like you're bumping into walls. Like, how am I breathing? Am I even noticing my breathing? What is going on through my head? Can I get myself regrounded in this cold water? Whatever the situation is. Right. <clears throat> That's just an example. We don't all need to do it. Um, yeah. I think it's just identifying. So to your kind of initial question, like, talking about that discomfort maybe just finding some things that you can implement with that that are fairly accessible to implement Mm -hmm. and to practice like chip chip away at them literally i guess this is a bit of an ice analogy but chip away at that because um it's going to be pretty hard it would be really hard for me to start out training and then to do a fucking 24-hour run in a shipping container if i hadn't done any of the lead up to that or no in fact, it would be impossible, right? Like it's It'd like be pretty hard. I'd have to be threatened. I'd have to feel, I'd have to be severely threatened to, to be able to do that. I think. Yeah. Yeah. And it, you know, I think that, you know, <laughs> <you're> like <laughs> microdosing hell. Um, <laughs> yeah. Know? Yeah. You're dosing the discomfort. That's what I call it. Yeah. Oh, there's yeah. your, you're making a choice to be like, this is going to be a little uncomfortable. And for an, for a, you know, a, probably a, a tangible, like a specific amount of time. You're not just yeah. going to go in the cold water and be like, well, I don't know. I could end up going in for four hours. It's like going to go in for two to five minutes. Like you're going to have a goal. You're going to the gym. You're like, I'm going to work out for about an hour. I'm going to be doing this many sets. Like mm-hmm. it doesn't just go on for eternity. Like you have a fixed finishing point with a lot yeah. of what we do with training. 
So there's some, there's some certainty in that too. I think it's when uncertainty, that's where it gets fucking really hellish. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And and I think that's that's life. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, like, I think that one of the things that kind of stuck out to me that, that made me kind of interested in asking you in the first place was this idea around skill building around discomfort. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, And about how in, to some extent, like endurance around discomfort is like a set of skills that uh, can be improved upon. And like, you can, you can lean into that learning uh, even though it's uncomfortable, you know, and that that's part of it. I think we should do a, uh, do a part two of this. I, this is, this felt great. I feel like that. Yeah. You, yeah. You should do a podcast. That was awesome. Yeah.